0: Hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> thank you for that introduction, Wayne. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to uh, share God's word with you. and um I definitely appreciate uh, being with the singles. Um, uh, I really appreciate you guys' faithfulness, um, your love for God, and the fact that the fact that you're here on this call, um, on this Zoom call means that you're, you value your, your spiritual life. And um, I really admire that and I appreciate that. Um, I was converted in Toronto as a campus student and um, I graduated after a year and then I spent um, six years as a single. Um, and, you know, being single and being in the kingdom has its ups and downs that I'm very familiar with. And um, I really uh, appreciate all of all of our brothers and sisters who are fighting the good fight, um, trying to um, stay righteous. Uh, the world has definitely become a lot more corrupt uh, and it's uh, very challenging uh, to keep your 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 head, your heart and your eyes focused on Jesus. So I definitely am uh, encouraged to be here. And I, I thank Wayne for um, reaching out to me. Uh, Wayne saw me in the fellowship after I was in New Jersey. And he said, hey, bro, can you come and and uh, preach to the singles? And I said, yeah, just let, let me know when. So I'm really glad that um, that I get an opportunity to be here with you. And I do want to encourage you. I, I was very encouraged to hear about the in-person Singles Devo. Let me tell you something, man. Um, you know, COVID has done a number on all of us. And, uh, you know, the, the, the more I reconnect with members of the body, the more I see that I need, I need, I need human contact, man, I need to see disciples, I need to be able to talk to disciples, to hug disciples. And so I'm, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm all for in person contact, in person fellowship. Um, so I'm very excited about about you guys um having your singles devo in person. <clears throat> so I want to share my screen and uh let's see here. Let me make sure everybody can everybody see that? Yes? Yeah. Yes yeah, we can. Up? Awesome. Awesome. All right, good. So I was in I was in Trinidad a couple of weeks ago, one of the reasons why I was in Trinidad was to celebrate my mother's 85th birthday. And that's my mom right there in the middle. Her name is Sandra. And uh that's my beautiful wife Robin over there. And that's me. And um I I tell you, it was a it was great to be able to 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 just be with my mom. That big smile on her face uh says it all I haven't seen my mom smile like that for a while (laughs) but she was very happy uh that we're all there and I just thank God for um for her uh for what she means to me and and um and just for giving her giving her a long life so that's that's my mom Uh, she my mom is Jamaican and uh I have many many fond memories of living in Jamaica My dad passed away a couple years ago, and uh, so I grew up on both islands in Trinidad and Jamaica, and then I went to college in Canada, and I was converted at the University of uh, Toronto. So today, uh, I want to talk about the Apostle Paul, a life transformed by the grace of God. And I want to start with this passage in 1 Timothy uh, 1, verses 12 to 17. Paul was writing here to Timothy and he 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 sort of reveals himself to us. He 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 sort of opens up his heart here to Timothy. And he says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example of those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So in these passages, these verses, he he sort of reminds Timothy about himself, where he came from, um, and about the the power of the transformative role that Christ had in his life and uh, we're going to dive into uh, a little bit about Saul now before Paul became Paul his name was Saul and uh, what do we know about this man what do we know about about Saul Um, in Acts chapter 6 verses 57 to 60 and you can you can write these verses down um the first time we actually meet Saul was at Stephen's martyrdom. Uh, Stephen was stoned to death, and Saul was right there. It says in Acts chapter 6 that, that he actually gave approval that Stephen was, was stoned to death because of what he believed, right? Uh, in 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 Acts chapter eight, it says Saul began to destroy the church. So this guy, this guy was a bad dude. Okay, he he went out and he wanted to destroy the church. He was very uh, passionate, very zealous, very single-minded. He wanted to destroy the church. This guy is not the kind of guy. That you would um, want to have a Bible study with, okay? If you invited this guy to church, he would probably want to kill you, all right? Uh, Acts 9, verses 1 to 4, it says, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats, okay? <laughs> murderous threats. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that he does not want to talk to you. He does not want to debate what you believe in. He wants to kill you, right? This is, the, this is this man, Saul. This was where he came from, breathing out murderous threats. He was not an easy guy. He was not a nice guy at all. And then it says that Saul met Jesus. In Acts 9, verses 3 to 6, it says, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So it is at this, in this journey to Damascus, Jesus appeared and came into his life. And this is where things turned around. For Saul, And Jesus confronted him. He says, uh, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But Jesus had a plan for Saul and his plan was to transform him. Uh, to transform him uh, from being one who was violently against the church uh, to one of, if not the most passionate evangelists that the first century church knew the apostle Paul. Um, You, you, you may be aware that uh, 70% of the new Testament was written by him. This man, this man's life was completely changed, completely turned around. He became he became a passionate ad- advocate for the faith. And, and even, even was, was beaten and stoned himself for what he believed. And you may ask, well, how did that happen? How did that happen? Because of the grace of God. Now, in First Timothy, the thing that you got to appreciate about Saul time and time again, is that he's he was very honest about who he was. In First Timothy 1, the verse that we read earlier, he said I was a blasphemer, a persecutor. He said I was a violent man. He said I was ignorant and I was an unbeliever. He he did not sugarcoat who he was. He said, This is who I was, right? Um Again, in Romans chapter 7, we see him again. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, even as right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. He says, what a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, verse 24, I highlighted it in red for you. He says, what a wretched man I am. He didn't say, what a wretched man I was. He said, what a wretched man I am. Okay, now theologians go back and forth. Was he writing this about himself before he became a Christian? Or was he writing this about himself after he became a Christian? (laughs) I think the text says, what a wretched man I am. He understood how utterly helpless he was in in his body. The sinful nature is nothing but wretchedness. And he came to terms with that about himself. He did not sugarcoat who he was in his flesh. Now, the challenge, brothers and sisters, is that we live in a world that promotes a positive self image. You know you, you always hear it, people always bring out their best selves. You, you know, I I'm amazed at how good people look on Facebook. I mean, man, some people some people look so good. It's like, man, you look like you could be in a in a magazine. People people project their best selves when you when you talk to people it's like this whole idea of a positive self-image. And I think there is, there is need to not be self-loathing. Um, I think there's a place for a positive self-image and to be, to be, have positive thoughts about yourself. I think that's important. But I think there is a danger that we as Christians have to be aware of because, because we could be blinded to the hopelessness of our own sinful condition. Um, you know, good looks cannot improve my standing in, in the realm, in the spiritual realm. Um, no matter how many degrees I have, no matter how intelligent I am, they, they cannot improve my spiritual condition. My, my talents and my abilities cannot improve my spiritual condition. Um, if, if Paul says what a wretched man I am, I need to be able to acknowledge that about myself. That in my sinful nature, yes, I am a wretch. That there's nothing good in me. That's the that's the spiritual reality that I that I have to wrestle with, and I have to deal with, and have to come to terms with. And this is what Paul is saying about himself, and he's not shying away from from it. With uh, Timothy, he says, "I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, I was a violent man." And I, I think we just got to be honest about what the scriptures have have said about who we are as human beings we have we have we have missed the mark we are we are wretched we are rebellious we are prideful we don't want to have anything to do with god that's who we are brothers and sisters and the sooner we come to terms with that the the more the sooner we'll see just the awesome grace of God that he has poured out on us So my question is if a man like Paul came to church on Sunday, what kind of reception would we give him if if Paul if a guy called Paul let's say Wayne if you found out that Wayne was a murderer <laughs> you discovered Wayne was a murderer and a violent man how would you treat Wayne? you know if this guy came to church to me. I, I think we would we would run away from from him. We'd be like, man, this guy shouldn't be at our church. He should be in jail. Um, but God gave him a different reception. and, and, and I think, I think this is important for us to see that not only did God give Paul a, a Saul a different reception, God also gave us a different reception as well. Look, what did, what did Paul say? That Christ, what kind of impact did Christ have on him? He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength. He considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. So he gives full credit to Jesus. He says, He said that Christ considered him trustworthy. A lot of times we struggle with man, can I trust God? Um, can I can I trust God in this? Can I trust God in that? The question really is can God trust us? I mean, you know the fact that of all the of all the people in New Jersey or all over the world that God could have chose to hear His message, He chose us. Christ considers us trustworthy, and we've got to understand what an awesome privilege that is that He looked at us in in our wretched state and He said, "I'm going to entrust." This message of the gospel to Sean, to to Wayne, to other brothers and sisters on this call. I'm going to entrust the gospel to you. He considered us trustworthy. And that's a great honor for us to feel. What did Paul say he received from Christ? He said the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, look, man, this is who I was. (laughs) And the God poured out grace on me abundantly. Man, I was awash with grace. I was drowning in grace. And not only that, but but Christ had faith in me. And Christ poured out love. And these are the things that transformed Paul's heart. God's grace, God looking beyond his past, God having faith in a person who, who under normal circumstances, you you just absolutely shouldn't believe that Paul would, that Saul would, would be, would, would have any benefit for the, for the first century church. And love, because Saul in his Flesh was unlovable. You want to run from this man. But Christ loved him, and if you read his story in the book of Acts, you'd see other disciples had to learn to love this unlovable man. And it was because of the grace of that grace and the faith and the love that was poured out on Saul, he was transformed from the inside out. Christ got the glory in this passage. He says, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe and re- in him and receive eternal life. I love what he says here, immense patience. In other translations, check this out. In the new revised standard version, it says "Christ." utmost patience. In the Holman translation, he says Christ's extraordinary patience. In the amplified version, it says his perfect long suffering and patience as an example for those who would believe. And in the English Standard Version, it says his perfect patience. I mean, immense, look at these, look at these words, immense, extraordinary, utmost, perfect. What he's talking about is this this is what he needed in order to grow spiritually. Patience. And I love what he says. Christ displayed his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him. You know what I get from that, brothers and sisters? I get that Christ is just as patient with me as he was with Saul. That Christ put Saul's life up as on display for all of us. And I think one of the things that short circuits our spiritual growth is that we fail and we mess up and we get discouraged. And instead of, instead of hearing the voice of Christ saying, get back up, keep trying, we give up. We don't we don't push past the feelings that we have and and we say no I I, I can't grow anymore spiritually I I, I I I've reached my spiritual plateau not true can't be true we have the Holy Spirit in us and we were called to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus all of us. All of us can be transformed into the likeness of Christ. But it's going to take a lot of failures, okay? But it's going to take a lot of getting back up again. And, and the motivation that we should all feel is that we have, we have a Lord who is immensely patient with us. Christ does not give up on us. People may give up on you. But Christ will never, ever, ever give up on you. No matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you fail, the scriptures say that he is immensely patient with us. And how do you prove that? The the transformation of Saul's life. Man, that man needed a lot of patience. In order to get to where he needed to get. And, and you got to love what. You got to love what Paul says. Now to the king eternal. Immortal invisible. The only God. Be glory honor forever and ever. And I think that's. I, I think that the reason why. Christ gets the glory. Is because Paul realized who he was. He realized how utterly sinful he was. He is the worst of sinners, and the only person who could lift him up was Jesus Christ. And, and un, until we grasp this concept, that the only hope we have is Jesus. That the only that the, uh, our, our our personal growth and spiritual maturation hinges upon the grace and mercy of Jesus. Only when we get that in our minds, it has nothing to do with our talent. It has nothing to do with our degrees. It has nothing to do with our physical ability. Only if you take yourself off out of the equation. Will you acknowledge Jesus getting the glory. And that's what Paul is saying. Now to the king. Eternal. Immortal. Invisible. The only God. Be glory. Honor and glory forever and ever. He was just so blown away. That. He could be who he was, especially because of where he came from. He said, Only God gets the credit, not me. Not me, not my talent, not my ability. All that stuff is garbage. The only person who transformed my life. This is what Paul is saying, and he's communicating this in in, to Timothy, is Jesus. And this Jesus who transformed me, he's telling Timothy. Is the same Jesus who can transform you. That's the message that I get in 1 Timothy 1, um, 12 to 17. And so the question that we have to wrestle with is, you know, we talked about how Paul, how Jesus gave him strength. He considered him trustworthy. He poured out grace. He poured out uh, his grace and faith and love. We, we talked about all of that. That's what he said. My question is, did Christ give us anything less than he gave Paul I mean the answer to that is clearly no the same grace that was poured out on Paul brothers and sisters was poured out on us abundantly the same love that Paul received we've received it the same patience that was shown to Paul, Christ has shown us and continues to show us. And so, my message to you is this that Jesus, whose spirit lives in you, is continuing to do his work of transformation in your heart. Hear me loud and clear Jesus is not finished with any of us. He's not finished with any of us. And I just want us to fix our eyes on him, to continue to believe in him, and to continue to give our lives over to him again and again and again for him to work his grace in our lives so we can be transformed into instruments that he can be used. Amen. And that is my lesson about the transformative power of God's grace. And that grace is at work in all of us.